Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another episode of the Lizelle Wellbeing Show. Now, I have just had the pleasure of chatting with the renowned beauty journalist and author, Alice Hart Davis. She is the undisputed expert when it comes to cosmetic procedures, what she calls tweakments. And for the last 20 years or so, she has been putting herself right on the treatment table in the name of research. And when she is not being a guinea pig, Alice spends a lot of time catching up with the doctors, the surgeons, nurses and dentists that make up this incredibly fast expanding field. And she has shared her straight talking, no nonsense expertise in her new book. It's called The Tweakment's Guide. So whether you are looking to address a serious skin concern or maybe just iron out a few fine lines and wrinkles, Alice has safe and almost imperceptible solutions for you. The trick, she says, is knowing when to stop. So do share your thoughts on all of this and more on Instagram after the show. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Lots to talk about for sure. And without further ado, let's get into today's show. Alice, welcome. Thank you very much for asking me. I am so excited because I have tracked you for so many years. Obviously, I've known you as a journalist for mm-hmm. decades, probably, but we need not go into exactly how long we've known each other. But I just think that your book, you know, The Tweakments Guides and everything that you do talking about tweaks is so of the moment because, you know, when I guess when we were sort of baby journalists talking about beauty treatments, it was, you know, the full mm. facelifts and all of that. But so much has happened, hasn't it, in recent totally decades? Yeah, because 30 years ago, your only options, if you were getting on a bit, were to wait and then have a full facelift, you know, really serious, expensive, <laughs> um, life-changing procedure. Very obvious that you've had it done. But all these tweaks have crept in over the past 20 years, really. Because yeah. 25 years ago, some people were using Botox, which was coming out of the... Um, eye clinics where it was used for damping down spasms. Um, it used to be used for muscular spasms and still is for people with cerebral palsy. Right. Um, 
and it was creeping into cosmetic use. All the fillers, they used to be just collagen as a filler. But in the late 90s, early 2000s, the kind of hyaluronic acid-based fillers that we see now started being used. Mm. And it's all grown from there with a raft of energy devices and so loads many. of things that kind of blur the boundaries between beauty treatments, face-supporting treatments, all the way up to kind of semi-surgical procedures. So where there was nothing, there's now this whole mass yes. of things that can be done to manage how you look as you age. And I think what I like about your approach is you your background is as a journalist. Mm. So you don't come from the industry. And I think, you know, there's a lot of overclaiming. A lot of these things are unbelievably expensive. Yes. And you think, you yes. know, what's what's really going to work? And I mean, you you test it. I have tried almost everything. Have you really? That, <laughs> in, I mean, in the book. But, but you yes. still look the same. I mean, you still look oh, great. So thank you. Well, you, I, know, you I, haven't turned into some sort of strange well, Frankenstein that, that's looking. A really difficult thing to, to know where to stop. That is the absolute key thing right. because if you get over enthusiastic or you're in a bunch of friends who are over enthusiastic, you know, you see these women lunching in um, Knightsbridge or maybe on the Côte d'Azur or, or, yeah. or in Manchester or wherever and they all look a bit the same and right. you think ah you go to the same doctor and they've got the <laughs> eyebrows at a certain angle the cheekbones the lips um, yes it, so, so, so for you where did it start what was the first thing was it kind of the start because I remember when Botox started it, I, I guess I first became aware of it writing about it maybe 30 years ago yes maybe so it's been around a long time. So it's not a question of it it's, not being safe. No, it's been around a long time. It's a prescription medicine. It's been researched more than anything else. And because it's been used for controlling muscular spasticity, um, right. it's been used for that in big doses compared to its cosmetic use. The cosmetic use is really the, the much newer aspect right. of it. Mm -hmm. And for things like migraine. Migraine. Yes, absolutely. Well, my, my daughter Lily, she has sort of 50 Botox injections all over her head, mm. which, which she's talked about. So I'm sure she yes. don't mind me mentioning. Yeah. And, and I've yeah. got other girlfriends who, who have Botox. Yeah. And it starts from the, the middle of their forehead and then goes all the way back. Okay. And they've said, well, yeah. you know, one of the benefits of the only benefit of them having had migraine is that they now feel that they smooth. have, <laughs> they're not going to get a wrinkly forehead. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, Lily's it's... in her 20s and mm -hmm. she'll, you know, if she continues having that, presumably for the rest of her life, she'll never have. It does have a, a wrinkly forehead. preventative effect. I'm I'm still not keen on talking about tweakments as, as mm. preventative measures, but I mean no. they do work as that because I just because I think it demonizes the very normal things of having expressions and meaning. Yes, I like to face. be able to move my face. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I, how we communicate. Um, yeah. And and it's always disconcerting when you're talking to somebody or interviewing somebody and their face simply doesn't change. You don't know whether no. you're being boring or whether they <laughs> can't move their face or if they're yes. just choosing not to. You know, we, we need those micro yes, the gestures. little signals. So I do do Botox a good deal myself. I mean, not. But your face moves. Uh, yes, because it wears off quite quickly. I think I have the sort of metabolic right. rate that chases it off. But oh, interesting. Also, and what, what about baby Botox? You hear this term. Well, well, it's what, just what a is smaller baby... dose. Okay. It's just it's nothing having... special. No, it's a lighter dose. Mm. Um, so that you don't um, end up looking plastic or frozen. I mean, it, it's entirely <laughs> dose dependent because people say, how can you get Botox to last longer? And the answer is have a bigger dose of it because it will then take longer for the effect to wear off. It just knocks out or it damps down the effects of, of the, the ability of the muscle to mm. contract. So if you knock out a certain amount of the muscle's ability to contract, then it will 
reduce its action if you completely blast it so it can't move at all right. then it will take a longer time for the receptors between the nerve and the um, the muscle to sort of regrow okay. which so that that connection can be made from um, the nerve which is saying go on contract and the muscle carrying out that action so fascinating isn't it I mean how was Botox discovered and because a lot of people are very worried about it because it comes from a botulinum, from, yes, a, from so a toxin, it's a purified us through that. form of protein. Um, and um, how it was discovered for cosmetic use, because it, it, it had been used um, medically for, as I say, for, for decades. But for cosmetic use, there's a, a husband and wife duo. One is a dermatologist, and she, Jean, is, a, is an ophthalmologist which she would be using the um, the Botox injections to control muscle spasticity mm. for squints and ticks around the eye yeah and it was one of those supper time conversations with her husband Alistair the dermatologist <laughs> back in the mid 80s I think 84 possibly 85 yeah and she said I had a patient in today and she said oh doc can you please do the the this bit uh, pointing to a point in the middle of a forehead and yeah. Jean said, but you don't need that doing today. It's fine. She said, oh, but I look so much smoother and fresher when you do that. And she mentioned it to her husband over supper, and that was the light bulb moment. Really? They are users of, 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 the, um, of the toxin of, of Botox, which is now yes. owned by Allegan. They weren't the makers of it, so right. they, but they were the ones who prompted the whole exploration into this area of using it cosmetically because then they they yeah. have tried everything on themselves i mean they will inject <laughs> in the point what's the minimum dose that has an effect how much do you use does it they start were their to have own a clinical dose? trial yeah and they've tried it over time and i remember seeing alistair one time he said jean had injected so much in her neck to see what it could do mm. that she pretty well couldn't swallow and you think oh, oh my goodness that maybe mm, um, scale back a bit yes um uh, what you don't want is so much that you then can't breathe of uh, course yes but, but, i mean it, it, this is the kind of the ridiculous end of of exploring yeah. the limits of uh, you but know where does it come is, from because we talk about it as, as a toxin is is there is there a risk with it no um because toxins are not great. I mean, they haven't got a good rap, have they, toxins? No, they haven't. It's it's a purified form of this toxin. It's not, um, I mean, you, you don't want to eat it. You, right. you have, you have, it has a very specific action within the the synapse of you know, the, the muscle where it's being put. Right, so, so it just switches the muscle off, it basically. It switches it off. It's then dispersed by the body within um, a matter of hours. Mm. So it's not hanging around. It's not taking... It's not poisoning your body from the inside. There, there have mm. been so many, because it is potentially so dangerous, because it's the, the toxin it comes from is so dangerous, yeah. it's been researched more than any other ingredient or medication in the whole cosmetic yeah. pantheon. Fascinating. And, of course, you can have it under your arms too, can't you? You have it under your arms. Sweating. I love that, absolutely. Really? That. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. You know, you just have a few jabs, you know, sort of ring under the, under the armpit. Yeah. And it... Um, stops that nerve impulse that's telling those glands to sweat don't we need so, to sweat though but is we have the whole a... rest of our body to sweat in um it doesn't have to be under our arms it's not we use deodorant we well not deodorant yeah, we use anti antiperspirant mm -hmm. which which blocks the pores temporarily that doesn't yeah. poison us in any way as, as as you know yeah so it's perfectly safe for that and because That's it amazing. is a prescription medicine, you know, all these uses are mm. minutiously researched in a yeah. way that 
other things in the treatments area are not because particularly in the UK mm. other things like fillers even which ought to be prescription medicines really they are yes. medical devices that's how they are they not because they're obviously they're injectables they're injectables but because they're not prescription medicines anyone can get hold of them anyone can use them really you and i can order them off we the can internet inject each other and go and inject each oh, other that is a terrifying and a lot of people do i mean that's why yes. the whole industry has such a bad rap in this country yeah. because uh, there are a lot of people out there who have no qualifications um, yeah. very little experience and they cause a lot of the problems, a, a with the distorted looking faces you see, because their work yeah. is not aesthetically very elegant. And also because they're the ones who are more likely to inject um, into a blood vessel, say that shouldn't be mm. <laughs> injected. If you inject into a blood vessel and leave a little bolus, a little blob of filler in there, yeah. um, it can block that vessel. That can cause the tissue around it to die off in a process called necrosis. Gosh. Um, that's where you see swelling. Um, well, you first you get a kind of blanching and then it can look like a bruise. Mm. And the unqualified uh, injectors will just shut down their Facebook page or whatever and vanish saying, <gasps> nothing to do with me, go to A&E. A&E staff are not trained to recognise aesthetic complications. So some doctor friends of mine are working on that at their local. Really? So they don't know it's not a bruise. If that person doesn't find their way to um, a doctor or nurse who's qualified enough to have the product, the enzyme that can dissolve that hyaluronic um, acid blockage um, you know you can lose the Gosh. tissue I mean it's terrifying that is and if serious. that blockage travels mm. back up towards the eye that's where it can cause blindness this is this is what people get very scared right. about it's a yes. very very rare thing but it does happen it and the can. more people are injecting mm. fillers the more mm. it, it people are aware of it and that it can happen so if you are tempted the key message is to it's make to sure you see really a doctor good, a, proper... a doctor a nurse a surgeon a dentist somebody who is right. they should be medically qualified mm -hmm. number one they should be trained in aesthetic procedures not yeah. all of them are they should have a lot of experience mm. with that training so they're not just technically able to do it but they know how to put it into effect um, they should absolutely right. know how to recognize complications and how to deal with mm. them and ideally they would have an artistic eye because mm -hmm. it's all very well knowing that technically to damp down the muscles that are picking up your forehead you need yeah. x shots of whatever here but it's looking at somebody's face and knowing how to interpret what your lasers or injectables or toxins can, can do to that face mm. is where the real skill lies in this. Mm. So and the difficult thing is there isn't a single register in this country where people could, people say, what should I look for? And yeah. it's really difficult to say you have to do your research because it's a buyer beware situation in this country. And um, there's no one list that you can point people to and it's great if they're on a specialist doctors or nurses um, industry group. Um, it's great mm. if they have years of experience, but there are so many parts in it. It does their aesthetic chimes with how you want your face to look as well, because lots of them will have trendy young Instagrammers as their patients with, with big lips and contoured cheeks, mm. or maybe they deal with really discreet tweaks for middle-aged women who just want to look a bit fresher but yeah. don't actually want much change. Um, there's such a variety in what people want mm. in this Well, that's market. why I, I think your book is so helpful because you do well, go through you. and... and describe all the different kinds. So if we're talking about fillers, you can have different types of filler, is that right? Mm. 
most fillers available are made from a, a gel of hyaluronic acid and hyaluronic acid which which lots of people now know from skincare mm, is yeah, it's a great ingredient isn't it yeah, in it hangs on to moisture hangs on to a huge amount of moisture and the gels made from it are, are cross-linked so they don't just vanish um, within the skin and they can provide structure and volume in mm-hmm. the face and people will think ooh filler I don't want to be overfilled but the thing is as we get old you know our our faces are collapsing from the outside in the, the bones are shrinking the skull is literally shrinking the mm. fat pads are withering and all that means the skin which has been held out is, is starting to sag like a dress that's a size too big so right. what filler can do is help structurally along the chin along the cheekbones when we get yeah. hollow in the temples and you can build the face back out along the bony arches with filler and then you can replace some of the soft tissues that are going and the lips um, mm. but it can be done beautifully and cautiously and almost imperceptibly because it doesn't have to be hamster cheeks and trout pouts I, I, mean, I mean even now nearly 20 years on everybody talks about Leslie Ash and, and the yes. trout pouts um, so what happened there? Did she have an allergic reaction? Or I believe she actually had silicon injected in her lips, which she did talk about in an interview a few years later. Right. And the trouble with silicon is it's um, it's kind of there for good. Um, <gasps> That's a so bit scary. It's, so it's, hyaluronic acid will dissolve. Will hyaluronic it? acid breaks okay. down over time, and right. depending on the consistency of the filler, um, that could be three months, six months, eighteen months. Um, because you want different kinds of filler for different roles in the face. In the lips, you want something really soft and flexible, mm-hmm. really hydrating. In the mid face, you want something with a bit of elasticity so that when you smile and move your face, <laughs> you don't have a sort of blob of stuff going oh up and down with the tissues. Up and down. Yeah, but if you want to have the nose done or something or yeah. the jawline, you want something yeah. with what they call a high G prime, which is a really stiff sculptural kind of filler to stay wow. steady and firm and that, wow. that kind of thing will last longer being made of hyaluronic acid is it actually a good thing to have within the skin does it help to moisturize and help to sort of create healthier skin cells it does a bit um, and there aren't that many studies showing it but the practitioners say that what you see is the skin above an area that's been injected mm. tends to look a bit better but it's usually only put in in tiny spots so but right. the, the thing at the moment where that absolutely does work is these um, injectable moisture injections. Is it mesotherapy? Is not that... quite. Mesotherapy okay. is using a random cocktail of stuff. There's no kind of recipe for what can should be in mesotherapy. So that's a multiple injection technique using mm. maybe vitamins, maybe hyaluronic acid with vitamins. Everybody kind of makes their own cocktails. Mm-hmm. It's not very standard and the results aren't very certain yeah. and it's not really studied because it's not a really standard thing but the French absolutely love mesotherapy for, right. for anything less so over here but um, these injectable moisturizers they inject a very fluid form of hyaluronic acid gel mm. which runs around under the skin and hydrates floods the area with with moisture from the inside so it's like having moisturizer on the inside and having that extra hydration enables the skin to start producing more collagen and elastin. Mm-hmm. So these things are more properly known as bioremodeling agents. Bioremodeling. And how do, do you have to have loads of injections all over your face? For some brands you do, for one called Profilo, you don't you only have to have five each side. So that surprise so surprise. Five has injections. Been a, five injections each side of the right. face. One, two, three, four, five. 
from and you end up you come out of that treatment looking like you've got kind of alien wasp stings on your face that would be terrifying um, i mean and how long you do they could take to be go consulted down? about this beforehand you'll be told yeah. this is what it's like this will go within a matter of hours or and does overnight it? yeah and, and did it then, work when, when you yes, tried it? Does. it? And yes, is it does. Like, how often would you have it done? You should probably have it done every three months. Um, so that's expensive. Yeah, then. all these things are expensive. That's, right. that's really worth saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that treatment, it's £400 around roughly, and you probably mm. need around every three months. Other types of it, like, like Volite or Restylane Skin Boosters, you need maybe one round or three lots over six weeks and then nothing for six months and would but, it be would you then still need to use a moisturizer as well so I mean for yes. example could you you know justify it to yourself by saying well you know I'm, I'm not going to buy this incredibly high priced moisturizer I'm going to moisturize my skin from within with these little pinprick treatments mm, it depends how expensive your moisturizer is yes. because <laughs> it, it's adding something else because it's actually enabling your skin to physically regrow itself it's doing something that moisturizer actually can't they're much more effective it's more effective at a fundamental level and it doesn't puff up or volumize your face and it works alongside any other so does it smooth do you do you get less you get it's smoother what i really noticed speak sort of you know late middle age with with um skin that you know how um sort of postmenopausal skin will go flatter and drier and whatever else yeah it's really good for giving it back that kind of glow and bounce which is what younger Mm. skin has and which older skin simply doesn't have because um that hydration from inside yeah i found about six weeks after the first injections Mm. i everything was sliding off my face um because i didn't need to be using as much moisturizer because i'd normally use like a vitamin c and a hydrating serum and then a moisturizing sunscreen and that was all like too much Um, and all my friends who tried it say exactly the same you know that that that's what you notice and they can use it on the decolletage in the neck yes um, which is such a key area for aging on hands can you use it on backs of hands absolutely really good on backs of hands and when you see that kind of thing and because it's quite subtle as well it's it's one of those extraordinary treatments that's become really popular even though most people what holds most people back from talking about this whole area because there's still a lot of stigma around it all yeah is treatments involving needles i find right because people will always talk happily about having laser or light treatment yes. to take down pigmentation is yes. celebs will talk about this as well yes but get try and get them to talk about needles yeah. <laughs> and toxins but what and about then... this thing that that's like a needle roller that you roll over your skin okay home microneedling right it's like aerating the lawn. It makes holes in your face. <laughs> do, you want, do we want holes in our face? It depends, Liz. It depends. Ah, some people are very keen on it. I'm less keen on it because so many dermatologists say to me that people use these things slightly randomly. Mm. The face ends up getting a bit scratched, like a scratch surface yeah. of a CD if you're not careful. Because what it will do, it will make holes in your face so that whatever products you put in, sink in deeper i'm not sure i want products to sink in deeper totally i mean if you are using (laughs) medical grade skincare stuff that's really pure stuff that has no fragrance stuff that isn't likely in any way to set up but our skin is a lovely barrier thank you very much totally why why would you puncture it well the thing with skincare you know is that the whole battle with trying to make effective skincare is Mm. to get things through that barrier to where they can go to work within the skin yeah. here's a really direct route make holes put product on <laughs> in it goes but most people will use products that weren't designed to be used like that and yet yes. the potential for irritation allergy sure. is huge 
also people insist on saying that using really short rollers mm. um, will people insist on saying that really short rollers have the ability to stimulate collagen production in the skin. Yes. You know, to, to stimulate collagen production in the skin, you need clinical level rolling with really right. spiky needles that go a bit deeper. You need anaesthetic on your face. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anaesthetic. Yeah. But, but it sounds brutal. I mean, it is brutal because you have these micro fine rollers, usually with a, you know, gun kind of thing driven into your face. That, and uh, presumably end up very red. Very red, but only for a few hours. Really? Mm. And and it's really good. It stimulates mm. okay. your poor old wounded skin to say, I sense trauma, I will make more collagen oh, and release oh, growth factors. Oh my goodness. You see, because what, what yeah. I do is I have become a fan of lasers, yes. actually. Okay. I really do like lasers. And, wow. and looking at the technology there, I just like the way that light can go deeper into the skin. Mm. And that, that was sort of what got me when I first tried it was the science behind, you know, not having an invasive needle, but actually having a beam of light that could go down deeper into the skin and kind of joggle the skin cells into being a bit more active. Yes. Which I thought was perhaps working a little bit more naturally, perhaps, you know, okay. perhaps with the Depends skin. on the strength of that laser. I, I mean, it if does. it's right, it can burn its way straight through. Yeah, it can. So no, you need to have a good person. You need a good for person because sure. the old um, favoured technique for getting rid of wrinkles, you know, 25, 30 years ago would be to use a carbon dioxide laser and just scorch off the whole top of the and skin. that's where you've got the laser burns and... Yeah, I mean, it's really effective, but, but the no, potential for things going wrong in the downtime. No, no, no I, then, I like it to go for a nice glow, glow facial sure, sure. where I come out and I actually look glowing and fresh and I don't have any it's marks on my skin. It's got to go down deep enough to yeah. create that damage to get the response. That, that's a difficulty yeah. with all these treatments. Okay. So either you're finding ways of sneaking them past the skin barrier, like ultrasound which you can mm. sort of focus lower down in the skin so it actually bypasses the surface and hits lower down mm. or you can use radio frequency um which again turns into heat in the skin and but that's been used for a long time hasn't it that's I mean, been used I for a long time radio frequency facials in my 20s okay um Is they haven't Casey been widely or... Casey's I forget the name of them Casey's might stimulating the muscles to tone up oh okay um, maybe that's what I was the saying. latest radio frequency they they use again needle devices which have a headpiece that stamps a whole bunch of needles into your skin and then delivers the radio frequency through the mm. insulated tips so I'm sorry, this is going to sound really off-putting to anyone listening, isn't it? <laughs> I, I love all this stuff, you can tell. You know, I've, I've been, I started... It is fascinating. You, you asked me about, where did I, did I start doing this? I was working on the Evening Standard in the late 90s, and, you know, they always want to be on top of everything new and cool and yeah. happening and watching. These doctors are doing this. What are they up to? Go and find out. Go and see yeah. it. Go and try it. Ask yeah. them. Um, and so I started hearing about all this stuff and think, wow, can it really? And it was the same time that skincare was just starting to become really interesting and use properly scientifically accredited ingredients rather than mm. just being hope in a jar. And and it was amazing. I mean it took a, a couple of years before I got round to trying anything myself in yeah. terms of um treatments just because you think, whoa it's a bit scary yeah because everybody does at first and even more so then than now there's this huge stigma yeah. around it not being natural it being cheating it being a very bizarre thing to do to yourself and do you want to end up looking like some plastic waxwork but but you don't uh, I have to say you look amazing can I ask well, how old you. you are oh it's 10 days younger than you 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, sorry. Is it, can I say that? Out? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, everybody knows that I'm. Well, I'm 57. At, at, yeah. yeah. At, at, yeah. At, at time of listening, if you are listening okay. to this, 57 or yeah, yeah, or, or older. And and very disconcerted that the planets have discovered another star sign, oh. which means we're not Gemini's. Anymore. Really? Oh well, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm Taurian anyway. Oh, you're well, you're definitely Taurian anyway. Okay, well, so, I um, would now find myself shunted back into Taurus, which I object to, but I can't object to. Nothing wrong with a good old Taurian. <laughs> nothing wrong, and, but seeing but as how if, if, if you've been a Gemini for you know half I, a century, how much have I identified as being Gemini? <laughs> when of course star signs are complete, complete um, made up nonsense. I don't know. Yes. Anyway, anyway, that yeah, I'm 57, and so. I would have imagined at this age, I, I don't know, that I'd be pottering around looking after grandchildren in elasticated waisted trousers. But, you know, the whole waste world has changed. Everything has and yeah. we can present entirely differently. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And but for I'm, me, it, it's always about skin health mm, as well. Totally, you know, and totally. I think um, there's an awful lot that we can do to, you know, get rid of issues like or help with issues like psoriasis and eczema and acne and scarring and things that have such a profound psychological difference. Mm. And even things like pigmentation. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. such a big topic. What, what what do you find? What would you recommend for pigmentation? Um, in terms of treatments, yes, um, I mean, if, if you want to get rid of it, fairly straightforward treatments like intense past light mm-hmm. IPL, which yeah. people sort of forget because it's not new, it's not sexy, it's been around forever. But that um, uses beams of light that strike into the pigment cells in the skin so Mm -hmm. they go for the brown pigment um they find age spots they bust it up into fragments and and the age spots disappear and the body will clear it away um lasers Mm. will do the same lasers the difference between ipl and laser is lasers strike to a very specific depth within the skin ipl Mm -hmm. goes to a variety of depths i mean fractions of whatever so it's a slightly 
more scattergun effect, but it works. You know, age spots on the back of the hands. Yeah. You can well, you have zap none. them away. <laughs> no, just... I'm not interested in having age spots on the back of my hands. You know, there's but... some things I will yes. bother about more than others. But yeah. I also Your always use sunscreen absolutely. on the back of my hands. Yes, just uh, totally. I always use a sunscreen, and I always just put the you know my moisturizer or eye cream. Mm. Actually, eye cream on the back yes. of the hands. I think works really well. I'm I'm now realizing everything: vitamin C, retinol. Yes. You know why not? Yes, I retinol. I mean, I've I've become a, a bit of a fan of of retinol of yes. late. I was a late. Yeah entry I think into retinol yeah but your skin looks amazing really well, good really you know, clear I, I mean to be honest I, I do like having my my laser and my light facials and I go to Debbie Thomas mm, who I rate great, yeah. yeah and I think she's very good but of course you know haven't seen her like anybody nobody's seen anybody no, for no. months and has that been an issue actually over lockdown that I mean do you think people are becoming less used to going to clinics or do you think they're they're going elsewhere to perhaps the clinics that shouldn't be open that did stay open some people have been going to practitioners who should not have been working during lockdown who've been causing mm. a lot of the problems with right. badly placed injections but uh, yeah there's there's i think you could say there's a lot of pent up demand at the moment because the <laughs> the clinics all yes. opened at the beginning of July i mean some of them opened a bit earlier because one of the doctor groups got a legal opinion that it was fine mm. for them to do so others consulted their insurers and decided they'd yeah. wait but yeah, they're flat out busy. I, I was speaking to like one doctor friend last night and I said, um, so when would be a good time to, to come and mm. see you? And he said, actually, I'm full for 2020. <gasps> for 2020? <laughs> okay, mate. Okay. I'll see you next year. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, um, sorry, where was the question going? Yes, there's no, a lot, no, of, just lot a... of demand. But yeah. Yeah, I think people are going to be more hesitant to go because they've mm. got to come into town, they've got to wear a mask, they've got to have everything sorted out beforehand, mm. the consultation, possibly right. the payment. Yeah. There's going to be no hanging around in the waiting room, having a bit of chat with people. Yeah. Yeah. You wait your turn, you go straight into the doctor mm. who's masked and shielded. Um, yeah. You'll be wiping your hands on sanitizers all the way. There may be fogging um, equipment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll be dealt and you'll be out of there. Yeah. So it's not quite the experience that it might have been. Not that these things are anything other than medical procedures. I mean, that, that's a key thing. Th these things are non-surgical medical procedures, or they ought to be. They ought to be. They're yeah. not beauty treatments. No. And, no. But there's a huge blurring of it, particularly because of mm. the lack of regulation mm. around who can do what. And what about for the body? You know, mm. do you do you look at things like sort of some of the so-called anti-cellulite treatments? Or... Yeah, cellulite's a tricky one, isn't it? It's it's we all have cellulite. It's perfectly normal and natural. You need to have a. I feel this. It, it's such a multifaceted thing, cellulite. Yeah. Isn't it? You, you want the healthy lifestyle, the eating the right stuff, drinking lots of water, taking yep. some exercise, yep. body brushing, for starters, and then maybe you want to progress with specific kind of massages, the kind of lymph draining mm. stuff that can really, there's a couple of people who are really good who can move stuff around and yeah. um, help things like that. And then there are any number of treatments. What was I thinking of um, that's really good? There's one, do you know the body balancer? It's yes, I do, a, the, very the sleeping good. Bag thing. Yes, yeah. the thing that puffs up your legs. Mm. And yes, I, I, I have actually reviewed that. I mean, I, I think it's I got a very good one. great results with that yes. last year. It has to be said, having not now used it for a year, um, or six months, it's <laughs> it's kind of gone back yes. to where it was before. Yeah, no, I, I think with a lot of these things, you do actually have to keep it, keep it yeah. going and, and, and be, be heavily invested in it. You have to think, I'm totally committed to this. 
I mean, I, and, I, and that it's worth it because you know, I I yeah. don't think very many people are going to see the backs of my thighs. No, except family on holidays. Yes, and does it really matter? Yeah, exactly. It's, unless exactly. you are, you know, sort of catwalk. Yeah, if it was your and it's your livelihood, totally. Yeah, then maybe. And what about that? I mean, that there is. Do you think there is a risk of these treatments increasing things like body dysmorphia mm. and having a warped sense of who we are and what we should look like? No, really good point. There, there absolutely is. Um, particularly for younger, more impressionable people who sort yeah. of think, oh, if only I looked like these girls on Instagram, these girls on Love Island, um, yeah. these celebs, they will all go for a particular look, um, mm. all end up looking quite similar. It's the it's the contoured cheek, bit more drama in the cheek, bit bigger lips, yeah. big brows, eyelashes. Obviously, those aren't surgical, non-surgical procedures, but that's what they want. They all end up kind of fitting into a sort of template. Mm. But... It's really hard to emphasize to that that age group the, how individuality is so yeah. vital and how yeah. the rest of us value individuality so much and, yeah. and, and maybe they should too. But yeah, I don't think it helps at all when it comes to body dysmorphism and, and, and that's where the practitioners have to be really careful mm. um, in selecting their patients. Also because people with body dysmorphia issues get very good at evading the questions that practitioners will use to screen them out mm. also because they're nightmare patients for the practitioners because whatever you do they won't be happy right. with the results or if you do manage to show them before yeah. and after pictures yeah. proving that x issue has changed they'll find another thing to fixate on it, also depending on mm. which studies you look at um body dysmorphia runs quite high in the aesthetic practitioner community understandably well because they're looking at their faces the whole time um gosh it's very easy treating to, each other you, you and, know and in the aesthetics uh, bubble you know everybody talks about these things quite differently when i the practitioner mm. the international community of practitioners who used to be always hopping around the world to conferences they talk about the whole area as if the stigma had completely gone which it hasn't which we know from yeah. real life here and they talk about all these procedures as if they were the kind of thing you do when you pop out for a coffee. I quite enjoy <laughs> chatting with the practitioners around all that because it's not that you take them casually, but you know these things are available. Particularly, well, then you can go straight into the the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, and you? they will work on mm. each other and try things and see how it works. Um, but, but but they take it casually in a way that obviously for people who are more cautious about it and yeah. for whom it's a big financial investment. And, and it's your to. face. I mean, it's what you look it, it, like. It, it, you know, it's face, what other you know, people, it's what you your family see every day. You, you know, you go to these conferences. I went with a, a very well-known beauty editor, a newbie, Hans, years yes. ago. And we were standing outside waiting to get in. This is in Monaco. Mm. And it's a huge thing with 10,000 delegates there. They have come from all around the world. They are presenting their best selves in Monaco. This is the biggest mm -hmm. get-together of the sort in the whole year. And you said, right, while we wait, here's a game. Let's see if we can spot anybody who hasn't had anything done to their faces. Okay. No, sorry, let's start again. So we're, we're standing there and Nubi says, right, here's a game. Let's spot people with bad work. Okay. And we look around and we're nudging and hissing and okay. kicking each other the whole time. <laughs> say, stop, stop. Okay, better game. Let's see if we can see anybody who hasn't visibly had anything done to their face. Yeah. And we were silent. Really? <laughs> you look around. And, yeah, and you, this is how these people want to look, you because and and I know other countries will think the UK mm. is terribly conservative on this that we don't make um, use of the opportunities we have. A lot of the doctors 
yeah spend a lot of time telling me what I should be having done in my face oh. given the opportunities I have I ought to have you know had endless lifts and nips and tucks and all you could do with a bit of you think thanks I know no, that from yes. a technical standpoint I don't but actually want that thank you I'm curious but I know there will be one thing I do one day that leaves me with a paper bag on my head for the rest of my days and you know yeah. I don't know how many sort of lives I've got left or throws the dice before <laughs> do you think it's addictive then. It do you think can you... be because, well, if you get that much of a buzz out of seeing how great mm. you look, mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing at the moment is the flip side of that, where so many of us have spent months on Zoom, <laughs> often on the camera, on the laptop, <laughs> where you're looking down. I mean, that's how you the want Zoom to know face. how you will look in, in five years, 10 years time. Look down. I asked one look of the best in the, in the world. That this is... year. Oh. Because because everything descends. And <laughs> yes. so how you are when you're looking down, you know, the pouchy gathering around here, the droop, uh. the, the sang... That's what's coming. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> but we don't have to. We can, you know, wily Instagrammers, they put their cameras up here. Oh, to- well, tell me about up. it. That's totally, um, I always have my camera it, slightly yeah, above me. Yeah, we seek the light. Um, it, it does make me laugh. On I've been doing a lot of Instagram lives and mm. um, so many lovely people in my audience, they say, wow, you're looking amazing. You think, sweetie, I'm sitting in front of a in front bank of, of light till I got yeah. a face full of makeup. Yes. You know, I, Lighting is key. I, I'm you too know, vain can, to present. Yeah. Without that. Yeah. I, um, I I started doing a few makeup tutorials. Well, not tutorials. I'm not a makeup artist, but just showing how yes, I do my yes. face. Brilliant. And of course, well, that's all very well. But of course, you have to start off with nothing on your face. Yes. So, you know, that is a yeah. challenge. So, yeah, absolutely. I made sure that I had a nice light in front but your, of me. Your and... makeup is light anyway. You look... I think yes, having seen I look, you in the gym, you look much the same without makeup as we. Oh uh, well, we have each, we have seen each other in the gym, yeah. haven't we? All hot and sweaty with no makeup yes. on. So we can we can say very that. real, very real. But I think. I guess it depends how far you take it. And I think for those who criticise and throw rocks at cosmetic procedures or tweakments, as we're Mm -hmm. talking about here, you know, where do you stop? Because actually makeup is a tweakment. Yeah. You know, colouring your hair is a tweak. Uh, You know, putting a nice uh, lens on your camera. That's that's so you're going to look better through through the lens. You're going to look better than you do in in real life. So Mm. I see. where, where, Where do you stop? Yeah, well, it's a kind of. What is reality? There is, there is no. Mm. But it's putting lipstick off. on is not real, is it? Our lips aren't actually no, that and yet everybody accepts that. So it starts mm. with makeup, and pretty well everyone accepts that it's okay to wear makeup. Moves through hair coloring, goes on through cosmetic dentistry. I'd say was the next stage. Yes. Then the kind of facials with bolt-on sort of light treatments, up to needle-based treatments, yeah. more invasive semi-surgical treatments like fat grafting, and then there's plastic surgery. And there'll be a point yes. along this line where everyone thinks it's reasonable to do this, but it's a bit much to do that right and that line seems to be shifting a bit because yes. I mean I remember 30 years ago we'd all lie about dying our hair oh no it's always this color really <laughs> say, yeah highlights <laughs> no, no, natural I don't sun-kissed. dye my eyelashes yes um, they're naturally dark <laughs> and yet now the, the the vogue is for for, for talking about things mm. a bit more except people are really reticent about tweakings I before lockdown mm. I was doing events which were like speed dating the doctors Mm -hmm. um, because it seemed to me a lot of women are very curious but I couldn't get them to step up and go and book a whole appointment with a well-known doctor so I thought if I get together a bunch of fab doctors and Mm. I get people to come in and I say have 10 minutes here 10 minutes there and set it up like a mini conference with um, so you could chat to each one see what they had to say to who you got on with well I only let them book in two because I thought it would get confusing after that and then I do talks with the doctors in between that and have set it up with the brands in this area so they could go and try 
a hydrofacial or see what this filler feels like or try out different skincare. And we mm. did a couple of those and they worked really well. But even people who came along to that, to a specific thing called the Tweakments Clinic, organized by mm. the Tweakments Guide, they, they said, oh, no, don't put me in your video. No one can know that I'm here. This is a very secretive and private yes. uh, expedition. <laughs> what I'm trying to do with all this is, is, is just open up the conversation because I know these things aren't for everybody yes but for people who are curious there's so much confusion and misinformation well that's why your book them. is so great because you. you can just sit and and dive into it and and you've tried have you tried everything that you've written about uh not quite I haven't tried thread lifts much to the right. disappointments of my friends the doctors who do them I just I just haven't got round to it I can see it but you've help. got a lovely jawline so is it more it for would be really with, good with for the mid-face droop at this age you'd put it through right. there they'd run two or three things through and then I'd pull be it worried up. you'd end up looking like the joker mm, if it's well done it should yeah. be absolutely fine you get lovely results <laughs> the latest thing they're doing with it is thread lifts in the brow mm. to give what they call a fox eye look so the, rather than the tail of the brow coming down which is aging you you put a thread in there and yank it up oh, and so it. The, oh okay mm, yes I, I, I just am not quite there <laughs> On, no. on threads. The have, you had, have you done anything that went wrong? Have you had anything that went yeah. wrong? Um, some things that haven't worked, like uh, there was a procedure back in 2003 called Isologen, which was the grow-it-yourself facelift where they took... <laughs> seriously, it was a brilliant idea. They took a snippet of skin from behind your ear, the yeah. biopsy. They sent it off to the lab. They extracted the fibroblasts, which are the cells that create collagen. Mm. They cloned the fibroblasts into millions they centrifuged them down into a concentrated serum yeah. and then they could keep that on ice until you were older and needed that serum being re-injected okay. into your face. Or you could have it done straight away just to pep up your face. But the idea was you would have it done when you were younger and then you, with your 20-year-old lively, able fibroblasts and you would right. sit on them for 20 years and then have them... And then have them re-injected. Back in the days mm -hmm. when we thought 40 was old. Goodness. Yeah. And <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but... Uh, it, very rarely produced results. We were all shown amazing press pictures of what it could do to regrow the skin of burns victims, but mm. it didn't seem to translate very well cosmetically and it all went wrong. And I, I still have a little card holder, business card holder they gave me, and I keep that as a sort of memento mori of not all treatments not work all out. Are as because they seem. Mm. as a journalist, the trouble is you think, oh, this is new, this is exciting. Let's so go. So you're and at try the cutting edge, literally, sometimes of trying these things. Yes, and I which need are not to necessarily know. proven. Yes, exactly. time-tested anyway. Um, and Macrolane, the, um, the sorry, um, Macrolane, which was a thicker type of filler for body filling, and it was billed as the instant boob jab. Um, right. Because, <laughs> yeah, you would have a very large needle injected yes. into your breast and put in about 10 cc of, of um, must have been more than that, of this thick gel mm. and instantly you'll go up half a cup size or something but then what happened to it would it not migrate everywhere it doesn't migrate it should all these gels particularly if they are thicker they should stay where they're put but it, it did tend to move around that was a problem it could also harden you could get nice. that kind of encapsulation <laughs> like you get sometimes with breast implants yes and yeah there I was uh foolishly the first person to rush off and try it but because the company behind it had such a good reputation yes. but what we didn't know was that this product had not been sufficiently tried and trialed and oh, there were Alice. 
I, you know, I learn yeah. by putting my foot in it and going wrong. Yeah. Uh, lots of my beauty journalist friends say, yeah, you do these things so that we don't, then we, <laughs> we don't, don't have, have to, or we know which ones not to go and do. What else has gone wrong? I'll think of another thing in my, oh yes, the, <laughs> the, the Botox alternative, mm. which worked by the simple expedient of killing the nerve that runs up the frontalis nerve that runs up into your forehead to help lift. Yeah. So what they did was they identified where the path of the nerve and then they got a kind of device like a trident fork yeah. with three long prongs, six millimeter prongs, which they stuck into the side of your head. Yeah. And through those prongs, they ran liquid nitrogen, very, very cold, not into your head, just through the prongs and the intense Gosh. cold killed the nerve, whereupon um, you couldn't move your brow. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, it also meant the brows come crashing down like a mm. shutters dropped on a, on a window. And what I hadn't thought to ask, because I pestered the poor surgeon who was trialling it in the UK, mm. saying, can I do it? Can I do it? I want to write about it. And he kept saying, wait until I've done the control group, wait until this, wait until that. Mm. The one question I didn't think to ask was, does it work? Can it work? Can it work on one side and not the other? Which yeah. is what happened. They gave me the maximum round um, of treatments on one side and so nothing you end up happened. Very lop and this one, so yeah, this brow was down here. Oh. And I couldn't get my contact lenses in without physically lifting the whole eyebrow up. And I thought it was quite funny, of course. Um, no. Well, I had to write it up. The, the thing was, it was being filmed and I was writing it out for the mail. So it wasn't a great result for the company no. or the surgeon because I have to you write have as to I find any fool can see. I've got a totally uneven forehead. It was my party trick. I'd go around and say, notice anything about the forehead. And then people would say, oh, I can't believe. Oh and so I thought, this is fine. Mm. It'll regrow. Um, and then I saw a surgeon friend at a conference who said, you idiot, you absolute idiot. I thought he said that it's permanent nerve damage. And I said, but it'll regrow. It'll regrow at a millimetre a month. And he said, you know that how? I said, um, from their marketing materials? And no. he said, yeah, idiot. And he went off and he was very cross. But three months later, it did, it did come back. That's um, quite scary to think that you might have been permanently left like yeah, that. Uh, this was a procedure which works really well for killing nerves which are communicating pain to something like the knee. Interesting. Really good for that. It was a, a bit of a jump to move it to the yeah. face. Um, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Because a lot of these things do actually have a therapeutic, helpful place, mm. don't they? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about Botox being used to help with migraine, for example. Mm -hmm. And we talked about resurfacing or restructuring of skin to grow for skin grafts and yes. for burns. Yes. And actually, I know through talking to Debbie Thomas about lasers that, you know, you can remove the early forms of certain skin cancers and solar keratoses to, to stop them from developing and, and growing. So there is that blurred line. I think that's what makes it so difficult, isn't it? There is this blurred line between medical and medicine. Totally. And, um, and having a beneficial side effect, which is looking younger. Yeah. And the wound healing applications. I know some doctors are trialing PRP, which is the platelet rich plasma. Yes, I've you heard get of that. from you have a sample of your blood taken. Yes, it's centrifuged to remove the red blood cells. The plasma you're left with is full of growth factors. Yeah, that seems to be doing very well with diabetic ulcers, which are otherwise incredibly hard to heal. So, what's new then? What's what's for the future? What do we look out for? More of that sort of spinning your own blood to sort your own skin out? Do you think? Yeah, personalised treatments, yeah. stem cell based therapies, um, extracting f your own fat, and then. From that, taking out the stem cells, the mesenchymal stem cells, 
which have the ability to transform into other cells and using those to re-inject back into your body to prop up this and that mm. that's going on. It's a very experimental area at the moment. It's being used for stem cell rejuvenation in the, in the scalp for hair loss. It's being tried that's in amazing. the face. Uh, it's being tried in the body, that kind of thing. So yeah, personalized treatments, um, doses or mini, mini doses of things. So rather than having a big old procedure, you have small layered procedures that add up to a lot. So you don't have to have any downtime, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. That's what's coming along. Well, whatever there is, you will be there on our behalf. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> testing it first, hopefully looking as gorgeous as ever. I love your book, the Treatments Guide. Highly recommend it. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks so much. Absolute pleasure to be here, Liz. <laughs> and that is it for today's episode. As always, you will find all the links and the resources that we've mentioned on today's show over on lizellwellbeing.com. And there you can sign up for the free weekly newsletter. It is absolutely jam-packed with well-being wisdom, lots more tips for ageing joyously especially. Huge thanks to all of you who've left such lovely reviews. We absolutely love it. And it really does help others to find the show. So thank you. And until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye. Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earle, with production by Amaryllis Earle and Harry Trevithick at Heart Dialogue, with thanks to my producer, Ellie Smith, and guest booker, Millie de la Morinière. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.